Hello, my name is Casey Rogers, and I'm your host for the Emerging Writers Podcast Series. This podcast is an exploration for what it takes for a writer to become a published author and how to sustain a professional writing career. Like many of you, writing is my passion, and I'm confident that I know how to write a compelling story. But what holds me back is the same thing that holds many other writers back. How do we navigate a system that is about finding a bestseller rather than finding the best work? There are obstacles to our success, and many of those obstacles have nothing to do with the quality of our writing. In the first six episodes of this podcast, we're looking at those obstacles to discover ways of how to get around the so-called gatekeepers within the publishing industry. My final guest in this series is Bob Emery, who goes by the pen name R.J. Eastwood. Before he began writing novels, however, Bob had an extensive career in the film industry, and he's won over 75 industry awards. His novel, The Autopsy of Planet Earth, was awarded the 2017 Author's Circle Novel of Excellence for Fiction, the 2018 Reader's Favorite Award for Best Fiction, and the 2018 Book Talk Radio Book of the Year, along with a Pulp Den Award. He continues to write novels and works of nonfiction, including Midnight Black The Purge, which was published in January of 2019. I'm just wonderful. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, even though it's over this crazy technology. Bob, tell me what your series is. What is the series that you had been working on that you have through um, Indies United? Well, um, Midnight Black uh, is a political thriller that was released through them. And and what I think what you're referring to is the autopsy of Planet Earth, yes. which is a science fiction book. A little bit of a story behind that: it was originally released um, in 2019 mm-hmm. and won a lot of awards. Yep. And but the problem was it was just short of 600 pages. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, um, Jane Southern and Lisa. Um, at Indies said to me, people are not reading 600 page books, Bob, mm-hmm. especially science fiction. Would you like to re-release it? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, sure. Fine. And they said, break it into a couple of books. So oh. that's the only series that I've done. Mm-hmm. And it's part, it's part one, it's part two, same book, uh, but just broken up. And mm-hmm. so that uh, people can read the first volume and they'll either go on or they won't. Mm-hmm. I, I put it out almost in 600 pages, never knowing what the curve was, what, what the trend was. And the trend was to shorter books. Yeah, yeah. So, they, you know, there you are. But I had, I had fun going back and finding a good spot to break it. And I really surprised myself because I think, like, one is 294 pages, the other one's 297 pages. Oh, wow. You know, and and I was able when I went back, I was able to take a few things and tighten them mm-hmm. to you know keep the word count down. So it's going well. It's- oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, I did notice on um, the information that you sent me and that's on uh, the site about winning the um, Reader's Favorite Award for that. 
Oh yeah, it was um, uh, um, uh, it was the book of the year with yeah. Book Talk Radio. It was Rita's favorite. It was Author's Circle. Yeah. Uh, it was the International Review of Books. I mean, mm -hmm. I did very well, you know. Yeah. But yeah. but nobody was buying it. See, and that's the thing that is the conundrum that we face that we could write absolutely wonderful books but how do we get them into the hands of the public so yeah. that they're buying them so well i you know basically i've had enough people who told me that you shouldn't have put it out at 600 pages um you shot yourself in the foot so you know we'll see i mean yeah. uh, the public is, there's so many books out there mm -hmm. uh, casey and it's hard I mean, I don't have to go over this again with you, but it's difficult to break through. I think finding the resources within our resources would be. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I'm as guilty as anybody of not taking full advantage mm -hmm. um, because I'm so into, I mean, my writing is, is five, six hours a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. And, you know, I'm at the end of it, I'm pretty much brain dead. Yeah, yeah, you know? get it. I mean, I just before you and I came on this morning, I was doing uh, social media for my books. Yep. Yeah. Um, which and then, you know, you have to really think it out. You have to have graphics and all kinds of stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you and I are not going to solve the problem of the world, but no. we're trying anyway. <laughs> and, and and that leads us back to why this podcast I think is important because. For me, a, I know a lot of people that want to be writers or authors or whatever. There are series out there, podcasts that they can listen to, um, webinars they can attend. There's a lot of resources, but most of it is geared towards what you do before you get to finishing a book. Yeah. How, you know, like, how do you write that perfect pitch letter? How do you, um, you know, submit a query letter, all those things. But few of them talk about the business of being an author. And right. it is a business. Yeah, and right. it's difficult, It you know, because you have to do, even, even if you go with a publisher, the publisher is only going to promote your book for so long, and then you have the task of taking it to that next level. So I'll tell you, I tell you this: your everything you say, I agree with. Yeah. I started out with the publisher mm -hmm. in this world when I retired from production, mm -hmm. and I wrote my first novel. Yeah, boom! It was picked up. I got a mm -hmm. publisher. And I thought, okay, I can sit back and relax. And no, it didn't work that way. Yeah. And you're right. It was only for a period of time. I had another publisher that I was involved in with another book. <laughs> and it was it was those experiences mm -hmm. that that I said, well, I'm going to try self-publishing. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I and I did. But then again, along came Lisa. So the next book yeah. went out with with, with her. her yeah right. yeah and it was it was you, you just unless you're you know james patterson or whoever right uh a publisher is going to put your book out there but they're not going to spend night and day you know mm -hmm. it's i mm -hmm. don't know yeah i um 
brought this up with, I think it was Jim um, the other day. I had attended a uh, workshop at Seton Hill, which is a college down in the uh, southwest corner of Pennsylvania. And they have a very unusual program because they specialize in um, masters in, in a specific genre. So if you go to Seton Hill, you have to say, okay, I want to be a fantasy writer, or I want to be a nonfiction writer, I want to, you know, specialize in YA or whatever. And my understanding is, is that their thesis has to be, you know, they're working towards finishing a book. So my daughter and I went to this, um, these workshops several consecutive years. And the thing that I walked away from it is just what you said. These are all people who have been published. They, um, you know, they had a book fair one night and I was just astonished at just about all the people that were sitting in the workshop with me all had their published books. But there was one woman, she I think she had published something like 20 books in a series. You know, she had a character and she just kept on writing, you know, the same character over and over again. And she had a huge following and she was talking about the struggles of working with a publisher and yeah. what she had to do on a daily basis to keep her work relevant and how limited their involvement is once the book is published and it's out there, I think she said she, you know, you have like maybe a six week to three month window after the book is published that the publisher mm. is really going to push and promote it. And after that, you're pretty much on your own. Well, you know, I'll give you another example is um, the Sunday paper here. Um, the Tampa Bay Times is a big newspaper, right? Mm -hmm. And they do and. Sunday, they do uh, reviews, a book mm -hmm. review, and mm -hmm. she will never, never do a local author. Oh, it's yeah. always the big names. Yeah. I sent her um, uh, the autopsy of planet Earth when, mm -hmm. it, uh, when it started winning all these awards. Mm -hmm. Well, I never even got a courtesy note back saying, no, I'm not going to review it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, it, and I sent it to her, sent the book, and I, yeah. you know. And, and I've never seen a local author, and we have authors in this town. Mm -hmm. um, what's his name? Michael Connolly, mm -hmm. that writes Bosch or whatever. Mm -hmm. He happens to live in the area. Mm -hmm. So he always gets big yeah. uh, coverage. And so, you know, I wonder, just a little thing like that just gripes me. It's like, why don't you do something with a local author who's... Yeah who's got a book out there that's doing well or won awards or right no, yeah no it doesn't it doesn't happen because it's it's i think that a lot of people have blinders on and again i kind of equate it to the difference between you know like a hollywood blockbuster movie and a small independent film and some of the small independent films, I think, are just so much better. They're, they're yeah. produced better. They're, you know, they're crafted with so much more love. Um, but, you know, people don't, people don't look at independent films and say, oh, well, I can't review that. But they, 
they do look at independent books. Um, if you've got a really, really great book, it's well written, it's well executed, you know, like, you know, you've spent time on the cover design, everything has been perfected so that it, it can stand sometimes shoulders and above that book on the bookshelf that was done through a publisher, then what's the difference? And I think the difference is perception. Yeah. The difference is perception. So, you know, but that's what's important here is that they have to know what they're up against and who the gatekeepers are. Um, Megan was actually the one that used that word when we had a conversation a while back. And it's such a perfect way to put it because you could, you could, again, you could have the most wonderful query letter. You could have everything, all your ducks in a row, but it gets on the desk of an agent or an editor or publisher and they've had a bad morning. They had, you know, somebody steal their taxi cab or whatever. And you know what? They read it and it's like in the trash. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's not to discourage people. There are ways to do it. You know, but I'm very fortunate in that. Mm -hmm. I can just write for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm taking the attitude now that I'll, I'll write what I think is a good story mm -hmm. uh, and put my heart and soul into it and put it out there. And if it sells, it sells. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. I mean, you know, it's, I'm presently writing a nonfiction book. Yeah. What and, about? And it, it's, it's about the last seven years mm -hmm. um, because um, the last seven years we've gone through hell and back in this country because mm -hmm. of, of politics, COVID, and um, January 6th, you know, it goes on and on. And I just got up one day and I, I said to myself, you know, I'm not sure people are paying attention to what happened mm -hmm. and the consequences mm -hmm. of each event. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to sit down and I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm not going to rehash what went on, but I'm going to say, have we considered what happened to us as a result of? And so that's what I'm doing. And it just, and I'm, you know, I'm not this PhD. And it was just something I felt I had to write. And I put a fiction story aside. It said to my, three months ago, and said to my wife, I'm going to do this. And she said, good, I'll have you analyze because you're out of your mind. But, <laughs> but I, I'm doing it anyway, because I think it can be an, an important read. And mm -hmm. none of the books that are coming out uh, on all of these subjects is take have, have taken the approach that I'm taking. I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, you don't follow trends. Yeah, you've got to just be in love with the story that you want mm -hmm. to tell. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the best too advice. Many, too, ma too many young writers, uh, new writers, look and say, "Well, I guess I'll write romance because they're doing good," mm -hmm. or, or I'll write, um, you know. Uh, a space odyssey because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. and you can't do you can't do that I, right. you just can't do that i don't think that you could do it and do it successfully because again you know writing is the type of thing that to me anyway you have to be so in love with the process and yes 
I mean, I get up in the morning and it's like, I'm so disappointed if I don't get an opportunity to sit down and work on my current piece. And it's, it's like, I go to bed at night and that's all I'm thinking about is, okay, what's the next <laughs> chapter? Uh, keeps me, it keeps me awake. <laughs> me too. Me too. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, you hit the nail on the head. The thing is, is that, you know, you put aside another project because this project that you're working on right now was burning in your soul and you had to do it. And that's the way writers need to approach their work because, again, it is a very, very cluttered field. I look at the, um, you know, I look at memoirs right now and everybody's coming out with a memoir. And if you happen to be, you know, Michelle Obama or, you know, some very famous person, sure, they're going to publish it. Um, They're going to get it published. But if you happen to have a compelling story, that's a whole different thing. It's, It's like, you have to be committed to telling that story that no one else can tell, whether it's fiction, right. nonfiction. Right. Um, uh, writing books are, is hard, mm-hmm. but it's also a wonderful passion. It's the joy that I didn't feel as much when I was directing television or, I mean, I know that's crazy because I spent an entire career in the motion picture business. And, and yet, I said, when I retired, I said, well, what am I going to do? Well, I always wanted to write long form. Mm-hmm. And, and I did it. And I yeah. didn't was in a position to do it anyway. Yeah, well, that's another thing we have in common. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Bob. Okay. And I so appreciate it. And I look forward to the next time we get to talk. All right. Thank you so much. Look okay. forward to it. Okay. You All take right. care. In the last six episodes, we've heard from a wide array of authors who chose to launch their works by self-publishing for a variety of reasons. That is to say that they made the decision about how and when to put their works out into the world. While taking the traditional route is always an option, there's sometimes a desire or even a need to circumvent the process by using the tools available now to those who are so inclined. But let's be clear, works that are traditionally published and books that are self-published are both legitimate works. Each can have a varying degree of professionalism and both require the author to market and promote their own work. The biggest difference is perception. Reviewers, libraries, bookstores, and other outlets may not consider a self-published work as worthy because the author is not an objective party that has advanced the work. Self-published works are still considered, as Lisa Orban succinctly put it, the stepchildren of the literary world. But much of that is changing because authors are challenging the industry. And like Mark Twain did when he grew tired of working with the middleman, he started his own imprint and published The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Among the most illustrious authors today who have self-published, you would find on that list people like Margaret Atwood, Yale James, Lisa Genova, Wayne Dyer, Irma S. Rombach, Andy Ware, 
and even Stephen King. So emerging writers, may your work reach the same height as these fine authors. Thanks so much for listening to the Emerging Writers Podcast. There are so many wonderful writers out there with works to explore. Our goal is twofold. We aim to inform and inspire new writers on how to achieve their goals, as well as highlighting works by new, undiscovered, or noteworthy authors we admire. Feel free to send us your recommendations, and we'll do our best to take a look. And don't forget to check out the line of writer-themed merchandise that supports the show at twobeanscafe.com, as well as checking out the links for the guests on this show. Onward and upward!